Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And we got the band back together. We have Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And we have Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. Which we all know to be the venerable Tom. <laughs> venerable Tom. Venerable Tom is here. Uh, and we are, man, we're excited. And I want to start this uh, show off with w- Sam's talk about his pants catching on fire fireworks. <laughs> no. July the 4th. I listened to the show. It was awesome. I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah. But that was what jumped out at me was that. I ha- I've got to hear that story. No, maybe off the air. <laughs> no, yeah, that's I, not. I was in elementary school at the time. Yeah, well, this, that hand even better. Well, I'll tell it in parts. That was the first part. Um, I, I will say that uh, you know I I'm gonna I'm just gonna say that we don't ever do we don't like to do controversial things here. But I'm gonna tell people out there yeah. I cannot stand the Sparkle Creed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Sparkle Creed. And it's like this is the nutty stuff that shows up in the world that we have to like. We need to know our faith. Yep. We need to love Jesus. We need to love our church. And uh, man, this is—it's getting out there. Yeah, you know. And you think like things, and you watch it. And at first, I, I was laughing. Uh, I shouldn't say I don't want to be disrespectful to other people, but the reality is, I was listening to the words, going, "This is kind of, this is kind of funny," you know. Mm. And then I started realizing, like, but there are people that are actually praying this, mm. like every Sunday. So um, if you want to uh, be edified, you know, because I was thinking about July the Fourth and sparklers. And that made me think of the Sparkle Creed. So we're we, we're My not fault. I got you off track. I'm we are sorry. not we are not fans of the Sparkle Creed here at the Catholic Cafe. Um, but I will say this: we are going to we are launching into a new um, a new little mini series. Uh, we've done many mini series <laughs> in the past, and uh, and so we we uh, uh, we we're going to do the four cardinal virtues. Mm. We've done the three theological virtues and four plus three equals seven, you know, and a lot of times people make comparisons between uh, like the seven deadly sins and uh, seven godly virtues or whatever. It's, it's, it's an interesting concept, but we really want to do one on the, the four cardinal virtues. Uh, and uh, so we're going to launch into that and we'll do, we'll start with uh, one Well, the four cardinal uh, virtues um, uh, they're like, uh, well, you know, they come from uh, Plato. I think was the first one that kind of started to talk about them. I think Aristotle. Actually. No, Plato. Oh, yeah. Why you you doubt me uh, on that? I, th- I thought yeah. so. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 It was in his Republic, Book Four. He he brings up, but he doesn't call them cardinal virtues. Okay. He mentions these ways of living. Right? Oh, okay. Right, and then Aristotle expounds upon them. Sure. And I don't know because I did. I'll be honest with you guys. I did not read the Republic. Well, Book Four. I didn't read Book Four, or three, or two, or one. But I didn't read any of those things. So I don't. I don't know if he like hinted at this concept, and then like Aristotle kind of drove it home, made it famous. Yeah. Right. But, and but it's really part of classical Greek philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. It's Aristotelian, and, and Aristotle kind of went off on it and used it as a basis. And in fact, Aristotle is the one that says that possessing these four key virtues makes a person good, happy, and flourishing, right? They were right. always searching for these truths in life. But not only are the four cardinal virtues um, part of classical Greek philosophy, but they're, they're really 
like a, a major part of well classical Catholic morality or moral theology, uh, and and always have been. Um, and the 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 four uh, virtues: prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. We're going to cover each one of those in a different show. Yes, and and St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, a lot of people don't realize that philosophy, people might listen to this show, especially those are separated brothers and sisters, and say, like, why are they talking about ancient Greek philosophy? These are pagan philosophers. Like, that just seems inappropriate to mix that up with uh, Christian uh, theology. And and first of all, theology is, is, is developed by philosophical methods, right? And so, like, Augustine used what he was a platonist before he became a catholic and so platonic philosophy was core to how he developed his theology uh saint thomas aquinas drew upon aristotle and his philosophical methods mm-hmm. but but going up through today you know when you look at uh pope john paul ii he drew heavily upon like kant and various other like modern philosophers right, right? and so for us to say and then like phenomenologists etc and so it's it, the the relationship that was a between, muppet song wasn't it <laughs> phenomenon yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, but the relationship between you know philosophy and theology is a long storied and nuanced one right but the fact of the matter is the catholic church has adopted the four cardinal virtues through St. Thomas Aquinas and it's yeah. deeply rooted in moral theology and you know we'll explore why ultimately cuz here's the thing we have to keep in mind about philosophy and and this is also relevant to St. Thomas Aquinas as well um philosophy is is seeking truth right and and we believe as catholics that truth our, our minds, our reason was created to intellect the truth and <clears throat> receive the truth. And there's a lot that can be known without revelation, right? And so that St. Thomas Aquinas was actually an expert on that. He, he had natural law philosophy was pushing the boundaries of how far can you take things just as a matter of reason before you need revelation. And he proved, for example, you can prove the Ten Commandments without revelation you can just use reason and 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 so that basically by that proof that god and giving the 10 commandments to his chosen people was basically restoring us to the natural law that which was was rationally cognizable anyhow some things require revelation right but and with regard to temperance uh, fortitude, justice, and prudence you know the aristotle st thomas aquinas was drawing upon the same truth that aristotle and plato Yes, and, the, and also it's it's fair to say that there's a little bit of truth in all of the, you know, in, in so many of the old ways. You'll you'll look at some of the old religions that are that are that that predated Christianity certainly, <clears throat> and but but there there are shadows of truth in some of these. They'll get things wrong, right? But then there are also shadows of truth, and and when you start to realize that, like especially with philosophy. That the, some of these things that they were grappling with are the same things that we grapple with, even still in a religious context. But you and you can do. I do a lot of my um, uh, teaching, and I'll use this phrase. Let's for just for a minute, let's take God out of the equation mm. as I'm defining something. And the reason why I do that is because you can start to you can reason so many things, and ultimately what you're going to end up doing is tying it back to natural law, and then tying it all that back to God, the Creator, right? Right. But you start with because a lot of people you're approaching people, and they're not um, they're not ready for like a God talk, right? right? They're not ready to go like, well, let me just tell me what your God says, and let me just see if I like that, right? Well, that's not a way to like to discuss like especially when you're talking about 
sharing the gospel with somebody, um, it's fine to say Jesus loves you, but if a person is like rejecting anything that has the word Jesus in it, the name, well, they're not going to listen to you. Right. So how do you reach those kinds of folks, right? And so a lot of times I'll use that phrase, well, let's just take God out of the equation just for a second, right? But then I think you'll see why we need to put him back into the equation to, to get a fuller understanding of all this stuff. Right. So anyway, that's where I'm thankful that we have all these, uh, even the, the, you know, the, the uh, I always liked Plato as a kid. Uh, I'm just pausing there. We're with you. <laughs> Tom's with me We're with on you. that one. Obviously, Sam never played with no, Plato. No, I get it. That was cute. <laughs> just, just wasn't funny. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, uh, you know, Aristotle. I love studying and realizing, like, wait, I thought this was Christian moral theology. And it's like, Oh, you know, these guys are the like the basis. That's they started that way. And this idea of these, you know, the 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 word cardinal, reason why they're called cardinal virtues comes from the Latin cardo, which means hinge. Mm. Like essentially the good, happy, flourishing life hinges on these virtues. Well, and one thing also like so we did a series on faith, hope and charity, the theological virtues, and we made a big deal about the fact that the theological virtues are not acquired virtues. And we 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 unpacked that a whole lot. You'll have to listen to the last series regarding that. The ba- the main thing to say is uh the theological virtues, one of the ways they, 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 they you distinguish them from the cardinal virtues, in addition to the fact that they're not acquired virtues, is that their object is God. Faith, hope and charity, it's all completely ordered towards God, it's about God, and it's 100% from God, like you receive graces, mm. and you have a capacity to receive grace, and the, the, the extent that you receive that grace is the extent that you have that virtue of faith, of hope, and charity. Whereas cardinal virtues, it's they're, they first of all, like they are, they are acquired virtues, and so what that means is like thinking like we use the, this example in our faith, hope, and charity uh, discussion, it's like exercising a muscle. Uh, makes muscle stronger. Like if you're working at temperance, if you're working at fortitude, if you're working at justice, if you're working at prudence, you are you, ultimately. This is about habits of the soul, right? And you can grow in good habits. But to be clear, the grace is still infused for these virtues, for the cardinal virtues, right? So if you're in a state of grace, the grace to grow in all the virtues is infused uh, in you. Right, and in fact, when you like walk out of the confessional and you're in a state of grace, all all the infu- all virtue is infused within you in that state of grace when you've been reconciled completely to God. Uh, but a, a person without grace can still grow in acquired virtue. Um, and and the, the other thing to say is is that you know grace helps you grow in virtue, and uh, it is only by grace that we can be perfected in I, virtue. I, I want to go back because yeah. that, that's a big line. A person without grace can still grow in acquired virtues. I wanna, sure. Because, you know, I don't want to make it sound like, like, well, you mean like you can, you can live a virtuous life without God? No. Well, you, you, yeah, ultimately, yeah, yeah. It, the, 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 the grace is, it's good to have grace. Yes. Right? And good to have uh, these acquired virtues and to acquire these virtues. But the reality is, uh, we, we, again, we have to look at the acquired virtues the cardinal virtues as muscles right. that we're exercising and growing. And you can do a lot of exercise and growing. You can be a good person. That's why, you know, ultimately it gets controversial when you start talking about, like, can an atheist go to heaven? And the, and the, and the church, in her wisdom, sees this uh, like, you can live a virtuous life and not know that you're living a Christian life. Yeah. Right? And so there's, there's a connection there. But, but at the end of the day, 
it is good to be Christian. It is good to be filled with grace, and it is good to acquire these virtues. So the more grace, more virtues, more virtues, more grace, and, and to live in that uh, environment is important. Well, here's an example. So a sub-virtue of temperance is fasting. Right, and we all know intermittent fasting is very popular these days. A lot of people who have no connection to 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 their faith life, they are fasting and they're growing in the capacity to practice fasting. That's right. But they're and, and they are getting better at it as they as they go. But the object isn't God, and they're not relying upon grace. Now, the people who are choosing to grow in the virtue of fasting. Uh, in the in the in the, in the Catholic sense, they are going to rely upon grace that the graces that are infused in them, and they're going to be doing it not for like their own the health aspects, the bodily benefits. That is a byproduct, but it's ordered towards God. I'm fasting. I'm making a sacrifice of my desires for God. And so, if you're going to really be perfected in virtues, the virtues do need to be ordered towards God. I will say this: it's easy for a person who. Um, like essentially is master of his domain. In other words, he he's learned not to uh, uh, to to give into his vices, right? To fall into his desires, to to give way to his bodily needs and desires, whether it's food or or uh, uh, sex or power, whatever. It's like the person that is, even if he's not uh, Christian and he's learned to do that once. They start to understand, like when someone shares the gospel with them, and they start to understand where those virtues are supposed to lead at the end of the day, and why when they make us a better person and we receive the graces, and that, that in, even further inflames those virtues, they're kind of, they're ready at that point, mm-hmm. right? And you're right, it, you can still, you can... You can fast and you can teach your body like, well, I'm in control of my body. I, I can tell my body I don't need to eat. And, and that's, it's good for me to like, be hungry and it's things like that. And you, and you stop and think, it's like, man, can I just spend a few minutes with you now talking about Jesus? Right, right. Because this, you can see the connection uh, more fully now that you understand that. Because a lot of people struggle with receiving the gospel uh, you know, because they're enslaved to their, uh, their desires, mm-hmm. right? Well, well, and, and and we'll definitely we need to get to that because that's what temperance is all about. That's right. right. And, and but before the one thing I want to clarify is you know some of us in Radio Land might be asking ourselves if the grace for all virtues is infused in me when I walk out of confession in a state of grace, then why do I struggle? Why am I not like? Why don't I just do? Why doesn't it not just take one confession or or our baptism where all of a sudden boom we're virtuous? And and so the, there's two reasons. The big reason is because we have vices. That need to get rooted out. Okay, so virtues, virtues and vices, they're both habits of the soul. Virtues are good habits. Vices are bad habits. So vices have to get rooted out. So the, the, the graces for the virtues are there and they're infused in us. But if we still have vices, if we still have bad habits, it's going to throw off our capacity to live a life of virtue. And think about that for a second in terms of like what the church calls concupiscence. Yeah. Or this idea that's... Uh, that essentially in our DNA, there's a brokenness, right? Right. So there is a tendency and a temptation always to to you know water takes the path of least resistance, and when it comes to our humanity, we we uh, come from a uh, our nature is broken, right? But can be perfected, and and the thing is when we're in that situation. Well, even though we might be in a state of grace, it's like, Lord, take me now. 
Right. I want right. to come out of confession, a good confession. I want to come out of that confession, and that's when I want to get hit by the bus. Like I step out <laughs> of the confessional that's on the street, and as I step out, a bus hits me. It's like, boom, straight to heaven. Right? <laughs> but, but if I get two steps... <laughs> past the bus. Past, you know, and it's like, oh, man, I just sinned again. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. But the, but the point is, it's like, you, you, you realize that, like, the, the, the temptation... You know, the devil hates you more right. <laughs> when you go to confession. Sure. And so works overtime trying to get you back into his camp. Right. And so he, he plays upon our vices, you know, and to get us to do that. And so the acquired virtue not only requires us to work to root out the vices, but it also requires us to work at building up the good habits as well. And so going back to what the acquired virtue is all about, it does require effort. It does require work and intentionality. But we should probably go start talking about temperance itself. Since that's the show yeah. supposed to be about temperance. So, but we so, had to do the intro stuff. Right, right. So temperance is the virtue that controls our yearnings for pleasure and delights that attract the human heart. There's some, uh, if you go to a good old Wikipedia, it's not always bad. It's pretty good sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and, and they b- basically tell us that temperance, other words for temperance, restraint, self-control, uh, abstention, um, discretion, moderation. Right. Right. Those are the kind of words you, you, that you might use. Basically, your your temperance is like tamping down desire. Well, when our appetites are out of control, our decision making is going to be out of control. Right. So like, I've never experienced that. Sam, what is that like? <laughs> Well this, well, this goes back to what we were saying before. Like, God is truth, and he, he created us to be ordered after truth. Like, Jesus said, I have con- consecrate them in the truth, right? Um, and so we seek truth through our reason. That's why we were given reason. And, we, and by that, we're supposed to be subordinating our wills to reason, right? And so... But if we have no temperance, then our appetites and our emotions and our impulses, they're all over the place, and so is our will. So how can we make a a gift of our will to God if we can't control our own wills? And so that's why we need temperance. And we need to build that muscle. Yeah. Right? We need to work on that because, obviously, everything gets gets clouded, uh, and at least our vision, understanding, and relationship with God... Essentially, we're building a wall, right? Right. When we're is there intemperance? What, right. is, what is, is it called? In what yeah, is yeah, the, immoderation or intemperance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so it's like essentially, I love it when I make up a word that turns out to be a word. Yeah, so that's yeah. awesome. But the point is, uh, you know, it obscures our vision of God in our lives when we don't control, when we give over ourselves, right? Like when we lose self control. Then we, we, that's why I said, I used the phrase enslaved. Yes. We become enslaved to our own desires, and that's not a good thing. And right? there's, there's, according to St. Thomas Aquinas, there's two sets of appetites that need to get moderated, right? There's the concusable appetites, which you made reference to earlier, but there's also the irascible appetites. So the concusable appetites, that's what we typically think of when we think of temperance, and that's pleasures, food, alcohol, things like that. But then irascible appetites, that's concerned with things like fear. Give us an example of what you'd like an irascible appetite. An irascible appetite, if you find yourself uh, caught up in fear or caught up in anger or caught up in pride, you know, uh, those are, are, uh, all of those are examples of the irascible appetites getting the better of you. Yeah, so so for me, I'm just going to put down uh, driving. (laughs) Driving is part of my irascible appetite problem. Well, and so in both of those appetites, there are. Uh, there's vices, right? And so, like, if we want to grow in virtue of temperance, like, we need to root out the vices that we have that are contrary to temperance. And so, 
going to confession is a great way to do this um, because that helps us get infused in those virtues. But we also have to work. We have to work for the virtue and be intentional about it, but also try to root out the vices. So maybe maybe we can list off some vices that are contrary to temperance. And we got gluttony. Uh, this, and this is not a full list, okay? But gluttony, drunkenness. Tom is going to round out the list. He's going to he's going to fill in the ones you missed. Right. <laughs> but gluttony, drunkenness, lust, and any related sins and vices, uh, you know, to lust as well, like pornography, uh, anger, cruelty, pride, curiosity. Now that might be surprising to people that curiosity is listed, but what that means is. If there's knowledge that's above your station, it's really none of your business, you know, then um, whether it's the stuff about the private life of another or you're caught up and, oh, I wonder what's happening behind those closed doors, whatever it well, might or be. Or you use curiosity as an excuse. Yes. Because there's a part of you, like, you know, without temperance, you, you're you're more willing to like, like well, hey, I, I'm not really drawn to that, but I... But I do want to see what it's about. I want to be able to. I want to do a little research. Right, right, exactly. Right, and just see what this whole pornography thing is. Yeah. Right. So you type in something on the computer. I, I, next right. thing you know, you're inundated. And but you probably should have known ahead of time what you were getting ready to get into. Oh yeah. Right. Or, or, or so someone, curiosity killed the cat is the old expression. Right. Well, gateway stuff like if you are yeah. going on Google or in the news and you're seeing someone's telling the lurid sex details of someone's life, you know, we have no business hearing about this affair, honestly. Right. And and it's a vice if we start saying, "Oh, I want to read this. I want to and learn." And that's what about you know, this. that's what media preys on. Oh, they do. I, you know, the the news media and stuff, they are really really good at telling you all those sordid details or acting like, "Well, we don't want to get into the sordid details about this particular thing, but here's what happened." Right. And right. everyone's going like, "But I'm tuning in because I want to know the sordid details." Well, and it's then, rubbernecking going past a an, an accident on the yes. road. There's a part of you that wants to what happened? Are they entitled? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's just like you and that you get you get curious and all of a sudden you start to realize that you're you're losing control of yourself. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to hell because you slowed down Right. right at an accident to look to see, but the reality is, we 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 go too far with those kind of things sometimes, and that's, oh, yeah. it's not just about accidents; it's about uh, anything in life. Well, and, and another look at that person over there and what they're wearing—that is ridiculous. Yes. Well, okay. Well, stop looking at him. Well, I can't now. <laughs> Sorry. Right. You know, and it's and it and it, it's. It's something where we need to uh, to exercise the temperance muscle. Right. Check ourselves and ask, is this really my business? Do I really, am I going to be edified by this in any meaningful way? And then, and then another thing is mo- immodesty is is a vice uh, under the under t- temperance and a lot of people just associate uh, just associate immodesty with like how like with really with how women dress that's typically the first thing that comes to mind and that's that's not all that is included in modesty uh, questions but it's really how a person manages their externals so also just uh, are we are we just presenting how are we presenting ourselves are we presenting ourselves externally in a way that is well ordered it can also relate to our decorum our etiquette right um, and, and, and in addition yeah. to how we dress and how we carry ourselves but that's moderating one's externals is actually what modesty is all about and failure to do that just being sloppy you know um, and, and, and not caring how you look that is also a, a, a part of immodesty uh, not caring about your appearances in any way that's also uh, a, 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 a vice of immodesty. I made my bed this morning. I want everyone to know that. I'm is so that bad? <laughs> that, I, that I told everybody that I just, that I just ruin it. <laughs> You're so funny. But but so root, we have to 
so I would say like pay attention to the various vices that we we have to pay attention to the various vices that we might have because we're all going to struggle with different parts of temperance right and then if we say we're going to root those things out take them to confession but also let's try and fast on those vices and say man this thing has control over me I really need to work on rooting that out and fasting is a great way to do it and it could be fast specific to those vices but also just general fasting as a practice can help you uh, grow you know and that's why again mother church in her wisdom uh, presents us with an opportunity every year to fast right right Uh, you know or to abstain and these are opportunities that we have right well so exactly right but at least we all know about lent yeah right right. the lenten fast but you're right tom there's ember days there's all kinds of different times in the uh in the year in which the church says you know it's probably better if you don't like go hog wild today Mm -hmm. it's friday Mm -hmm. you know you know it's every it's a mini good friday and so you're right so and uh, temperance is something that not everybody gets excited about it's not it's also it's also not easy right especially if you're pretty far down the road and we'll just say being used to it so uh bad habits uh when we don't know that they're bad they probably are i mean you know uh we we know when we have good habits because the, it bears good fruits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we look when we look at our life and, and we, when we're having problems or issues, uh, you can start to realize like, hmm, I got some bad habits that I've just allowed to grow, and I need to I need to work at. That's what I talk about master mastering my domain. There's like I, every once in a while I diet mm-hmm. just because, right? And some of it's you know there's a side benefit of losing a little weight, but the reality is every once in a while I want to know that I can. I want to know that I still can control my appetite to that degree. And you know what? It's helpful to keep trying to do that, to work on that. And that works in so many levels. And so we're in the middle of these these four cardinal virtues, the hinges that are going to make us good and happy and flourish, as Aristotle says, uh, but also really uh, that just uh, bring us more in tune with Jesus Christ, uh, what he did for us, and also what the church is helping us to do in our day-to-day lives. And so a, a, a growing in these particular virtues, starting with temperance, um, is something that will make a big difference in your life. Uh, and, and trust me, you just have to watch television for about five minutes and realize that the world needs more temperance, mm-hmm. right? We need a, a greater opportunity. And you know what? There's no better opportunity than having our mother uh, help us along in the path to temperance and to tamp down some of these desires and, and temptations in life. And let's ask her to intercede. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners, now and in the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.